0: Hey friend, welcome to this week's episode of Confidently in Charge, the virtual talk show and podcast where we talk about the personal leadership development side of entrepreneurship. I am your hostess, Allison KT. I'm a certified leadership coach and the founder of Poppy Lead. I am so excited to bring today's conversation to you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome everyone to this week's episode of Confidently in Charge. I am your hostess, Allison Kravietz Thayer, the founder of Poppy Lead, which works with new entrepreneurs on the personal leadership development side of starting a business. And I love using this platform of the Confidently in Charge container to have conversations with other entrepreneurs about you know, how it's going, how they got to where they're at, um, because we're really all leaders. Um, Sometimes we don't like to claim that title for ourselves, uh, but I love kind of driving home the point that we're all leaders um, and we can all be confidently in charge. So I'm so glad today to have my wonderful friend, Lana Kitcher here with us. Um, Lana is a productivity strategist, and she works with entrepreneurs to really get organized. I know that that has been a struggle for me. Sometimes uh, I I tend to be a big visionary with all sorts of ideas and post-it notes and whiteboards. And sometimes the task of getting organized and knowing How to move forward um, and having some clarity around that is just so important. Um, We originally met through Kelly Hoag's community, the Morning Magic Collective, and funny enough, Kelly was actually our last guest on the show, so I just really love these communities that I'm a part of, but um, Lana and I met and have engaged with each other here and there and just have always kind of been in similar circles um, and have worked together. And um, she has a very cool membership community uh, kind of mastermind container um, that she's putting out to the world. So just all sorts of cool stuff going on, but I am so excited to welcome you, Lana. Thank you so much Allison for having me
1: on it's really a pleasure to be here talking with you and, and just continuing our collaboration in all the different areas that you already
0: mentioned. Yeah, love it. So awesome. The first question I always love to ask people, um, because you are the uh, entrepreneur at the top of LK consultants. Um, And so, you know, did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Like, is that how you answered when you were a little kid? That's really funny. Um, I didn't
1: really know that that was a thing when I was a little kid. However, if you look back at all of the different things that I did and people that I worked for, um, maybe at the time, it's just that my family didn't know that much about entrepreneurship or I didn't know that much about it. I didn't have that much influence, but looking back at at little me and teenage me, um, I definitely can see the through line for how I am, where I am, and, and all of the different pieces that brought me here. Um, I had my first job basically when I was eight. I worked as a mommy's helper, I guess is what they called it. So I wasn't a babysitter alone with a kid, but I was there helping the mother and she was an entrepreneur. And then um, sort of Together with helping with the child, I was also helping her with some of her business things like filing or answering the phone. Um, And so that was kind of where I think I could point to where it got started. But even before that, my favorite game as a kid was what I called playing desk. Um, and I even asked my mother later, like, if you had to, to say what I would be as an eight year old growing up, what, what would you say? And she said, Oh, yeah, remember all those times you played desk, like organizing your desk and moving things around your desk. And as before, oh computers were mainstream in everybody's home. So first, I just started with paperwork that I would like find in the bin at school. And I'd pretend oh to gosh. use that. Um, So looking backwards, I think, yes, like I could have pointed to becoming an entrepreneur, but looking forwards, there were a lot of other steps along
0: the way that I had to explore and experience. I love that so much. (laughs) That's so, that's really precious. (laughs) Playing desk, I can see that. I used to ask my mom for homework, like even as a little kid, because I would see my brother do homework and I was like, I want to do homework. And so she would like, you know, write like, see A or like C space T and like draw a cat. And I would like have to write the letter in and all of that and like do a little stuff. So mm, I love that. What a beautiful (laughs) testament to kind of the direction that you've gone. Now you like literally organize desks. That is part (laughs) of what you do. That's so cool that it kind of started there for you. Exactly. Um, So those early days of entrepreneurship when you're figuring out like, okay, you know, I've seen this happened before. I love kind of being in this businessy space. How, how were those early days of entrepreneurship for you? So I'd say that
1: there were different periods of entrepreneurship in my life. The first period was when I was a kid, I would, um, do the helping with other entrepreneurs. I would. I. I then, when I was old enough, I would babysit, and that, in and of itself, is sort of like running your own business. You have multiple mm-hmm. clients. You have to figure out how much to charge, how to follow up, like all of those mm-hmm. things. Um, as a kid, I didn't see it that way, but now looking backwards, I, mm-hmm. I do. Um, like, so, right. the getting some skills exactly. I would make things, you know, I'd make bumper stickers and I would sell them. I would fi- find things in my house and I would sell them at tag sale. So, like, I think that that it was definitely there. Yeah. Um, then the next phase, I started working for other people who were all entrepreneurs, so local business owners, local mm-hmm. shops, things like that. Um, in college, I had a number of different jobs just to sort of make um, some income on the side. And mm-hmm. sort of fast forward again. Um, there was a, a re- recession after I graduated from college and I wasn't able to find a full-time job in the area that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And I kind of created, I proposed to two different entrepreneurs what I could do for their businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that basically, again, sort of accidentally created my own business in doing this. Wow! I had to go to full-time for health insurance for a couple of years, but basically that full-time, it did give me a lot of experience and a lot of friendships and I'm mm-hmm. glad that I did it. But while I was there, I realized, hey, I don't think that I'm built or wired to work at a full time position in this mm-hmm. way. And when health insurance was no longer an issue, um, mm-hmm. that's when I officially left the full time world, um, wow. the corporate world, and then started what I'm doing now. So I've been doing things basically my whole life, but for about three and a half years is when I officially full time said, okay, I work for myself and, and mm-hmm. here's how we're going to make it work.
0: Awesome. Wow. So you kind of, Like your, your stepping stones along the way have been in alignment and kind of leading you to, to where you are now. So, you know, it sounds like, like, did you always know it was productivity and like what you're doing now, or did that kind of shift a little as well?
1: I really had to discover, um, through all of these different experiences, what I was meant to do. Mm -hmm. And again, looking backwards, it's like, Oh, God, it was so obvious. Come (laughs) on, Lana, wake up and see it. But moving forwards, I thought, you know, I was very interested, as you can see behind me, I was interested in Japan. Um, I spent a lot of years learning Japanese, I lived in Japan for a couple of years. And that led me. So when I was a kid, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I had a couple of ideas. I didn't know about you know, what I do now, I didn't know that was a thing. So mm-hmm. it wasn't as easy for me to just say, yes, I want to do that and then work towards that. I wanted at some point to be a veterinarian and I had a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to college, I went into a liberal arts school undeclared because I was still very confused. I liked music. I liked theater, like a, sort of a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in not knowing, but as I went through the experience, I realized I had all of these East Asian courses on my plate and I was planning to study abroad in Japan for a year. So I said, okay, let let me just make that my major. Um, And then having studied abroad in Japan and moving to Japan again, I said, okay, well maybe I can make a career out of cross-cultural consulting. Like that's really interesting here. I'm very passionate about this. Um, And when I came back from Japan, that's the area I was looking for work in. However, I wasn't able to find a full-time position. Mm. And so the two, the two um, female entrepreneurs that I had sent those proposals to, both of them were cross-cultural consultants. So I said, hey, I will learn about cross-cultural consulting while doing this other thing for you. I'm, I'm gonna help you manage the back end. I'm gonna help you with business development. I'm gonna help you get your website in order and all these things that I already mm-hmm. knew how to do and knew I was good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I worked for both of them for a year and, I basically decided, hey, actually, I don't think cross-cultural consulting is the way I want to go. I really enjoyed this thing that I was doing for you entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Um, When I found a full-time position, it was also in business development at um, a larger corporation. So that continued sort of the through line, but I was just getting more skills in that area. Mm -hmm. Leaving that full-time position, I thought I wanted to go into branding um, slash marketing. I tried that for a little while. It didn't quite fit for a number of reasons. And then I switched to project management and I tried that for a little while. And again, it just didn't quite fit for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and as I was just doing more research, finding out about the field of um, professional organizing, which I didn't really know that much about before, um, being introduced to different people who are doing different things, being introduced to the coaching world, things just kind of started clicking together. And I was seeing how, through all of these different jobs, through the helping the, the two consultants, before that helping a self-made millionaire, before that helping all of these business owners, there was a through line that I appreciated helping them getting organized, getting productive, turning huge mountain-sized uh, projects into small manageable tasks and empowering them to be able to accomplish their goals. Like through and through everything was about me helping these entrepreneurs get to where they wanted to go. So I still think I'm honing in on how best to do that. And every year my service has changed just a little bit um, so that I can take what I think that I do best and where I find the most joy and, and help the entrepreneurs. But it, it does continuously come back to helping entrepreneurs and very specifically Although not intentionally, um, women in minority-owned businesses, and then really just like being a cheerleader for them in a way that they're missing. You know, maybe they don't have a business partner, maybe they don't have employees. Um, I tend to work with people between years one and five, so they don't yet have employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just keep coming back to this. So I, I do think I'm on the right track. I, I yeah. suspect it will continue to shift as I continue to figure it out. Um, but
0: that's kind of how I got here. Wow. So what I really hear through that is kind of this like willingness to pay attention to like what stood out for you and to kind of see like, okay, what keeps rising to the top here and like acknowledging like, okay, these are the things that bring me joy. These are the areas that I really want to like lean into. These are the things I'm naturally good at. So very cool to kind of see those. And like, it sounds like you really kind of continued following that path, um, which is really cool. Um, I wanted to ask, like you recently shared part of your journey online. Um, talking about sort of shifting from this idea of like striving for work-life balance, which I imagine, you know, being an entrepreneur who works with a lot of entrepreneurs, sometimes work-life balance gets a little fuzzy because, you know, we are our companies and that kind of thing. Um, But you've kind of shifted away from striving for work-life balance to really just focusing on being in alignment. So I'm curious about kind of what that journey looks like for you? And, you know, how is that even like impacting your business or, you know, expanding in your life?
1: Yeah, that's a really big topic. And I think, mm-hmm. um so Kelly Ho, who you mentioned and whose episode came out today, really mm-hmm. played an instrumental part in that. I, I joined her group and she, um that's a, a big thing that she teaches is about alignment. And I just, I think a lot of people in her group are also in California, which I'm, I'm from New York and I think that the terminology used in different states um, can be very different. And so I just kept hearing this over and over again, where in the past, I think, and especially being in productivity and entrepreneurship, work-life balance is a thing that people talk about a lot, but I don't think that it's very realistic. And I think that the world is kind of starting to figure that out. It isn't just, hey, 50% of my day is work. And then the other 50% of my day is play. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Another thing that came into and that that I heard about recently is called plurk which is play work and this ties into alignment in that if you aren't if your work is just dreadful and you have to slug your way through every day and you're like walking through thick mud it's just it's it's too much Mm -hmm. um it's too much of your life to have to work that way. And so I think I was, I had, you know, this, this has been a very interesting year, a very challenging year for many. Um, and I was realizing a lot of my challenges in um, this area and the, the alignment area, I think tie back to my money story, which I'm still discovering and kind of pulling apart, figuring out. But especially this year, I was afraid of not having enough income And so I was taking on projects that were closer to what I was doing before, as far as project management. Um, And then at one point, a couple of months ago, I just looked at my to-do list. I looked at my calendar. I looked at all the projects I was working on and I just felt so much friction. And I was trying to figure out where this friction was coming from. You know, I'm working for myself. I love working for myself. Why do I feel this way? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was that On the surface, although the projects could technically be kind of bucketed into what I do, I really had gotten kind of far away from what I'm good at and what I enjoy doing and just got to the this is what people needed and I said yes, even though it wasn't really a great fit. So I'm trying to get myself back from this side over to this side and this side is where I feel more aligned. Um, And when you are feeling aligned, that friction goes away, it doesn't feel like work anymore. It feels like work, you know, you're playing at work and you don't necessarily have to worry about the work-life balance because you enjoy the work. Mm -hmm. Um, And you do have to think about, you know, I I, I wanna work and I really like what I'm doing, but I also wanna spend time with my spouse and my dog and my Mm -hmm. family. So you do still have to make time for those things. And I say make time rather than find time. But it's, it, I think now it's more about this alignment feeling, not so much about this balance feeling.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And especially kind of given your, your, your past and your like path to this place and like continuing to follow what feels good and continuing to kind of, you know, like it's language is such a wild thing. Sometimes I was just talking to a client about it earlier, how like there, there are certain words that just like, don't quite capture what we want. And I feel like work-life balance was just a common phrase that was like, everybody talked about it. And so that's what we thought we all had to strive for. Um, and so, yeah, just having that new language of like, okay, but what really matters to me is being in alignment because, you know, it's not fun work if I'm working eight hours a day and I hate every minute, like, right. But, um, (laughs) I want to talk about that experience of entrepreneurship and like, you know, you mentioned uh, like previously working for entrepreneurs and now kind of working for yourself. Um, And I just want to ask like, how, how is that? Like we don't always have teams around us to support us and like cheer us on. Like how do you maintain that support and like, Willingness to keep going um, through kind of challenges. Exactly. I am the
1: demographic that I help. I am years one to five in my full time business. Although, sure, I've been doing this type of thing for a long time. It is a different experience being maybe the only one in your family who's an entrepreneur or the only one in your household who's an entrepreneur. And you might have supportive friends or supportive partners, supportive family, but they're still not in it with you. They're just sort of right on the periphery and you can talk about it, but they can't feel what you're feeling. So I, in a need for myself, um, I first started a Facebook group that combined a number of um, different friends that I knew from different areas who were all kind of working from home. So at the time, it wasn't necessarily specific to them running their own businesses, but um, being home alone for the majority of the day is very isolating. So I brought together this group and we kind of just chatted throughout the day or asked each other's questions, asked for support and looking through things that we might have created. And then that kind of disbanded and that a number of the people, um, their situations changed, or you know, just it didn't, it wasn't necessarily a long-term fit for the time, but I took my experience from that. And I created a new group called Bird by Bird, and I kind of honed in on who the demographic was and specifically actually created it for myself. It started out just as a group, um, an unpaid group that I really needed um, people to talk to throughout the day. I needed people to hold me accountable to moving forward on my personal business development projects, which is what I help others do. But it's really difficult to see back on yourself. Um, And I knew what I needed. So. I created this group and then as it kind of we worked out the kinks and it started to grow and we decided, hey, this this is definitely um, especially then, you know, COVID happened and everyone went remote and more and more of those things started popping up and more and more people needed that kind of support that they might have might have been getting elsewhere previously. Um, so I turned it into an official group, and it's still, it's doing for me what my hope is that it'll do for others, which is create this community, um, allow us to move forward on our goals, and have sort of colleagues without really having colleagues, Mm -hmm. so that we can get feedback and support in our businesses.
0: Oh, that's so cool, and such a necessary thing and space to create. Um, I know I've had so many conversations with other entrepreneurs about like the struggles, especially other like coaching kind of folks about the struggles of selling like an intangible process Mm -hmm. or like the struggles of, you know, having somebody understand the transformation and the financial, you know, necessity of, you know, like paying for it and that kind of thing. Like there's so many unique kind of challenges that it is awesome to create that space and sort of say like, hey, you know, we don't have to recreate the wheel every time we come into a challenge because maybe somebody else has been through this before and can say like, oh, I learned, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, yeah, so I want to shift a little bit to kind of uh, some of the work that you do with clients because I know, you know, like like I mentioned, I'm not always the most organized, just strategic, structured person. Um, and so I, I'm just curious, like, what kinds of things do you focus on with people and like what does that relationship even look like? Of course. So
1: I I think the first point that brings clients in is that I'm also transparent that I'm not perfect and I think that some people are intimidated by oh, well, you have everything figured out. Like I have absolutely nothing figured out. There's no way I can work with you because we're so far apart. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that's really the case. We all struggle a little bit, even with the things that we teach others how to do. And we're all constantly learning and adjusting. Um, So I start with like, hey, we're all human. We're all imperfect. Some people are better at certain things and other people are better at other things. So let's just work through the process. And what I've found, again, as I've gone through the years and adjusted the process, what I found to work best is I meet with a client once a week, um, ideally for a three-month period to start, but it can be as long or as short as necessary. And usually they're coming to me because they have a big project, something specific that they've wanted to do and just have not been able to make time for. So we use that sort of as the anchor to our um, collaboration. And then with that, we end up talking about a lot of the different areas of business starting with, okay, well, let's first turn this really big thing into really small things and decide how we're gonna get started and, and maybe create some milestones and start moving forward. But just doing using the project as sort of the center of our um, collaboration means that we can use something tangible to work on the other things like the productivity things, the time management, the habit formation, Mm -hmm. um, because the reason that they haven't been able to move forward on the project is is that they don't necessarily have all of the tools in place to get there. So using this um, kind of as our example, maybe one week we're we're breaking pieces down. They also use me as accountability because they know they're gonna have to talk to me in a week. So they mm-hmm. decide, okay, here's the very small piece that I know I can get done this week, given everything else I have going on. We look at how they structure their day. We look at what their calendar looks like. We look at how many clients they might be having at one time, what their processes are, if they're duplicating work, we look at what their um, distractions might be. Mm-hmm. So. If, if they, for example, in one week, they say, okay, I'm going to get to this thing. Maybe we get to the the next week call. Maybe they haven't done it. We get to explore. Okay. So it was scheduled on your calendar to do Tuesday at 9.00 AM. Let's talk about why that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I realized that on Tuesdays, my kid has this thing that, that mm. keeps happening. So we have to work around what their realities are. We have to figure out Sometimes they have limiting beliefs that we might have to work through. There's so many different things that pop up for different people, but because we're using this concrete example and we're trying to move forward on something very specific, Mm -hmm. then we can in real time figure out what some of their barriers and blocks are, what the strategies are that we want to put in place and then continue to move forward one step at a time. Wow. That's
0: incredible to like hold that space for people too. Because like I imagine, you know, I, I think as an entrepreneur, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't need to hire someone for that. Like, I know, I know I just need to get organized. I can, I'll do it. Um, But it sounds like, you know, you're really providing that like, okay, cool. I'm giving you an hour to dedicate to like having a conversation about this. Um, And I want to ask because, you know, I know, sometimes and you you hinted at this a little bit but I know sometimes as coaches who really you know are in the situation we see some of the deeper issues um and I know for myself that analysis paralysis and just adding more things was definitely a coping mechanism for me um but I'm just curious like you know what what do you see as like what might be behind our like disorganization Like what what might be under the surface that we can watch out for?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna sort of peel it back a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. So first we we find distractions. We find, um, for example, I mean, we're all sort of, we all could, could be a bit better about our phones or checking our email. So there are certain things that are simply designed to distract us and to pull us away that um, as humans, like we, we've we sort of fallen into that. So that's kind of surface level, maybe mm-hmm. going down another layer, there's um, people have over themselves. So if they have 10 calls today, that's not really realistic, but say there's 10, there's mm-hmm. absolutely no time between them then they're like the thing that they used for call one, then it's piled under call two's paperwork and then it's piled under call three's paperwork. So by the end of the day, they've got 10 calls piled up and then they're like totally exhausted by the end of the day. And the next day they're like, oh, now I have 10 more calls and I can't deal with a pile. So first maybe we're overscheduling and not creating that space to organize the thing before we move on to the next thing. But then that brings us a layer deeper where we maybe don't have systems to help us organize those things um, and so we get this pile of stuff and we're not really sure what to do with it. And we'll take care of it later, but later turns into this big, big pile. That's kind of unmanageable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a layer deeper, we took on 10 calls because we have trouble saying no, and we have trouble saying no because we have a fear of missing out of whatever that thing is. So it really kind of always comes back down to fear, fear of something, fear of missing out, fear of missing income, fear of missing opportunities. Um, And sometimes we do get to beliefs or, um, really deeply rooted things that I'm not necessarily qualified to help them work through. So Mm -hmm. it's good that we've identified them and there are strategies that we can try to use to help eliminate them or to help move them into a calmer place, a more organized place, a more systematized place. Mm -hmm. And then they can decide based on whatever they learn, if this is something that they want to work with, um, a professional Mm -hmm. that, that deals with that space. Mm -hmm. So there are certain things that I can do on the organizing and productivity side. There are certain things they can do to explore their totally underlying beliefs. And then there are certain other professionals that they can go to depending on what, what they sort of discover along, along the way. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're so right. Like I know, like the overscheduling really speaks to me in terms of like, Oh, I have to like, I want to work with everyone. I want to help everyone. I want to like, make all this money. I want, I want all these things. And so, yeah, that like, wow. Yeah. How often do we take a bunch of calls and then leave no time for implementation and no time to make anything happen? Um, so yeah, hearing that, you know, you have to give yourself that time. You have to, you know, leave yourself some time after call one to organize what you're doing with call one. Um, that's, Super helpful. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, like, what are some of your your favorite tools for staying organized? Like, if I'm looking at, you know, the situation I just had call one, like, am I adding to to do list? Am I what am I doing with you know kind of my tasks? Mm-hmm. So I've tried
1: a little bit of everything, and Mm -hmm. I I think that that's helpful because then I can either suggest specific tools or I can say, hey, here's what worked for me, here's what didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be very honest, I actually prefer the simplest tools that are available. I've tried Asana and different digital task management tools. I've Mm -hmm. tried paper notebooks. I've tried bound notebooks. I've I've spent all sorts of money on planners Mm -hmm. um, and they work for a little while, but honestly, the best ones that have worked for me are just consistency in the system. And Mm -hmm. so my favorite tools are Google Calendar. Mm -hmm. um, And I use that for basically all of my time related um, appointments or very time specific tasks. Mm -hmm. Um, I use it to connect it with Acuity to help with um, Mm -hmm. scheduling clients. And so that kind of helps me if somebody's trying to overschedule, um, the tool is kind of already in place. I've told the tool what what my boundaries are, and then the tool can kind of tell the people. So it's a little less mm-hmm. flexible than them talking directly to me and me kind of saying yes to things I don't I don't really want to do. Um, not that I don't want to do them, but you know, if if my best peak hours for myself mm-hmm. are between eight and ten, I tell Acuity, okay, I'm not available between eight and ten, and mm-hmm. then somebody will schedule a different time. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a win win. Um, So yeah, the calendar plus acuity for scheduling Mm -hmm. and then time blocking. So again, just back to the calendar, putting task reminders on the calendar Mm -hmm. um, and then just a plain old notebook. So I've, I've literally tried everything and I just keep coming back to these Mm -hmm. and the key is having a system and then sticking to it,
0: honestly. Mm -hmm. So anything can work, but just make sure that you stick to it. That makes a lot of sense. and I know that I have fallen prey to shiny software syndrome a number of times where I'm like, oh, I want to use Trello. I just heard good things about Asana. Monday is really great at targeting me with ads. Like I'll just, (laughs) I'll eventually figure it out when I have the perfect software. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like, you know, it's really that process of figuring out what it is for you and then just being consistent with that thing. Right. And just Uh, a note on software, I think they're really great for managing teams across Borders.
1: So if you're if you're working with a team on a project and you're not together in person, I think tools like Monday and Asana and Trello are fantastic, and they're really great for knowing who's where, what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I love those tools for team projects, but I've tried them for just myself, and mm-hmm. the tendency that I have is that it gets because digital space is unlimited, it gets stock full of tasks that I forget and ignore and never look at and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden there's a million things or a hundred things do on one day and you're just like yep, forget it and then you stop yeah. using it so I think these other systems or slightly simpler systems require you to be a little more realistic with how many things you can do in a day and they're also harder to ignore if something came due and you have decided not to do it so deciding if you actually should be doing it and maybe eliminating it or delegating it or moving it to um, a more appropriate time. Whereas these digital tools is just kind of an endless list of stuff. And I find that it's it's kind of hard to um, manage that.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, cause I, I know sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I need to do all this thing. And then I have like 38 items on my to-do list <laughs> exactly. and like, I don't know, then I like beat myself up for not hitting them, but then I know I had to like prioritize, you know, something else that came up. So love that advice. Um, and I'm I'm curious too, because, you know, as entrepreneurs, we kind of get to dictate what our day looks like a bit. Um, and so, you know, if I'm on a mission to have like a really powerful work day, um, I'm just wondering, like, you're a person who focuses on productivity a lot and like spends a lot of time thinking about these kinds of things so I'm just so curious like what does your what does your day-to-day look like
1: first of all I think you would really love um have you heard of Daily Rituals by Mason Curry no it's it's one of my favorite books I think you'll love it it's about different um professionals throughout history and what their daily routines were and they're all a little bit different but everybody had their thing and they you know it's great so try that um, for me, I'm I'm also sort of full disclosure, I'm not perfect and I may have really productive days and sort of in, you know, imperfect days. Um, but in general, I'm really I'm really starting to find my groove and I've I think the key is once you discover what works for you, again, sticking to it. Um, so the first thing that is really helpful for me to do in the day is to read. Have you ever heard of scripts? Mm, no. So I recently read Earth is Hiring by Peta Kelly, and um, she some people call them affirmations, she calls them scripts. Mm -hmm. So I created a daily script, it's just about a a page long, Mm -hmm. um, where you're basically telling yourself kind of who you are, what you do, how you feel in the present tense. Mm -hmm. And so um, I talk about focus in this script So if I read that at the beginning of the day, it's kind of like a meditation too, or like your power up um, conversation, which is really helpful. You kind of just start the day with the right foot forward with the right intention. And Mm -hmm. it's similar to if you accidentally squeeze toothpaste all over your shirt in the middle, in the beginning of the day, the rest of the day sort of goes downhill. Mm -hmm. So if you set a really good and powerful intention at the beginning of the day, you kind of are you know, setting that intention to the universe that it's going to go in a positive way. So I start the day that way. Um, and then the first two hours of my day, I try to block off completely to other people appointments like that really needs to be my business development time or my writing time, um, kind of the working and focusing on me time. I'm the most productive at that In the, during those hours. I've discovered that. And anytime I've ignored that, I realize like, oh, I, I put some kind of appointment at the beginning of the day and now the rest of the day is shot. So I really have to try to stick to that stick to my guns, um, say no to other opportunities that might happen during that time. Mm -hmm. So I can focus on myself and my other, um, I guess they call them gain tasks where it kind Mm -hmm. of moves you forward. Mm -hmm. Then the, um, around noon or one, I take a walk outside with my dog and my husband, which is really great. It's refreshing. We kind of right now we're both working from home. So, um, it gives us the opportunity we don't have colleagues to kind of like mm-hmm. debrief with so we can kind of do mm-hmm. that together and get the fresh air mm-hmm. and then when i come back um the second half of my day is normally for these types of calls scheduling appointments um kind of giving myself to my clients and, and being a bit more social mm-hmm. because the hard work part is um kind of depleted so i need to mm-hmm. do more of the social stuff mm-hmm. and then my dog kind of starts bothering me around 4 30 <laughs> or 5. she's like all right i've been sleeping all day let's like go mm-hmm. do things i'm me. ready time to go for a walk mm-hmm. um so i'll take her for another walk feed her, and kind of honestly my day my work day is over by then mm-hmm. um i just find that i'm i'm not productive in the evening no matter what i do i cannot force mm-hmm. myself to do good work in the evening so mm-hmm. there's no point in doing poor work and then mm-hmm. kind of submitting something that you don't feel good about right um wow. so i may some evenings are for fun or some evenings are for reading or you know that kind of rotates mm-hmm. another thing that i really am trying to get better at is not reading email until 10 or 11 at the earliest because as soon as you go into that inbox mm-hmm. everybody else's problems suddenly become right? your problems and everybody's fires become your task list um and i'm i'm just really bad at that so mm-hmm if I don't check it at all, I'm way better off. I have a much better morning, a much better mindset. Mm -hmm. Whereas even if I just check it for a second and I see all the things that came in, all of a sudden my brain is in a different place and I can't do that first two hours Mm -hmm. um, for myself. So that's one thing that I'm improving on and really trying to get better at. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's sort of normally what, what a perfect productive day would look like for me.
0: Yeah. That's, I, I have to say like, I'm a self-leadership person and like, that is a tremendous like a beautiful testament of self leadership and like showing up for yourself first thing like with these affirmations and script for what you're doing and then acknowledging like i need this time to myself like i can't give this to other people i i will show up for them later um that's really cool and i love that you've kind of you know intentionally structured your day in alignment with what you want to do cuz that's really what it's about like you're realizing like my brain is wonderful at writing and like processing and thinking and doing all of these things here. I'll put my social things there. Um, amazing approach to it. Um, so the one of the last things I want to touch on here um, and when this episode is out, there will also be a blog accompanying it. Um, this phenomenal blog that you just wrote for the Poppy Lead community, um basically diving into reasons that you're unmotivated and how to get around them, which I totally get bit by the unmotivated bug from time to time. And I'm like, there's new episodes of Great British Baking Show. Of course, I'm not going to work today. Um, So I'm just curious, like, obviously, everyone go check out the blog, go read the blog for the full scoop. But could you maybe give us like a sneak preview of maybe one of the one of the ways that we might be unmotivated and how to get around it? Sure.
1: Actually, it's not the first one on the list, but I think a really powerful one and even I've just been seeing over and over in articles and in the media, um, I think there's a shift in perception. So it's my understanding and I'm not in psychology, so I can't speak from that angle, but um, a lot of people think that they need to be motivated before they take action. Oh, I need to feel inspired to do this thing. And I think that, that the new culture, new articles are being written about how actually action inspires motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be the smallest thing that if you start and, and it's also around the law of inertia, whatever is in uh, at rest will stay at rest and whatever is in motion will stay in motion that's obviously not a direct quote but mm-hmm. you get the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so James clear from atomic habits. Um, no excuses, Brian Tracy, I wanted to mention those as really good resources for people. And they tie in some of the other factors from the blog post. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, if there's anything, one tiny thing that you can do just to get you moving, even if it has nothing to do with the thing that you actually want to be motivated to do. Mm -hmm. um, Once you get started, you realize like, wow it's it's getting started that's the hardest part Mm -hmm. but if you can kind of trick yourself either with habits and kelly hope probably has a lot to say about that Mm -hmm. um or just with like okay i'm gonna set a minimum of working on this for 30 seconds i'm sorry maximum all i have to do is work on this for 30 seconds once Mm -hmm. the 30 seconds is up you're like oh well i'm already in it and maybe i'll
0: just keep going so Mm -hmm. i might as well um, finish the sentence exactly
1: and it just once you once you get moving it's just so much easier so Um, I think that would be the one that I, I would just want to share initially that of course it's, it's hard. Um, and there, there may be other factors if, if you're, um, perpetually unmotivated, like there may be depression is a real thing. And I would want to encourage people to seek out help, um, if that is potentially the cause, but there may be other things, Mm -hmm. um, if that's not the cause that that can help you kind of push through that.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's such good advice cuz yeah, I'm definitely one of those people where I'm like, oh, I need to get struck by the perfect words before I sit down to write, but sometimes just diving in, you know, that's I've had to develop that skill for myself and I think of it as like discipline as like, okay, I'm committed to taking this action because I'm committed to these goals and I know that if I can just get started, I can, you know, maintain that momentum to keep going. Um
1: and if you can get started amazing. with small things, like yeah. okay, I just need to write, you know, ten words, but then you start writing and it just starts flowing. And maybe the first fifty words are crap, and then you continue going, and you're like, oh, wait, great, here's my here's article.
0: Cool stuff. Yes, yep. got <laughs> it Exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Well, I have, you know, loved hearing all of this amazing advice and I'm definitely like thinking about the organization within my own business. So if folks listening are also, you know, feeling this, how do we stay connected to you and what you're, what you're doing in the world?
1: Absolutely. I am predominantly on Instagram as far as social media and my handle is at LK consultants. Mm -hmm. Um, Although admittedly, I'm not very good at social media. So I'm also available at my website, lana.kitcher.com, mm-hmm. And um, you can shoot me an email if you want to join my email list and get different tips or check out my blog. Um, any of those areas would be great.
0: Cool. Amazing. Awesome. Well, this has been an amazing episode full of actionable takeaways for people and, you know, all sorts of things to think about in this realm of getting organized and what's at the root of my disorganization and what am I, what is just distracting me? Am I overscheduling? All of that. Um, But before we part ways, I want to just ask, is there anything else that you want to share with listeners?
1: I think that you know we're all figuring it all out nobody mm-hmm. is perfect um not even the people who are teaching you how to do the thing so <laughs> just give yourself a little bit of grace and put a little trust in your abilities as an entrepreneur and you know things will work out ask for help find your community Um, Just know that you may feel alone, maybe in your business or in moments, but we're all in it together in the entrepreneurial community and and as fellow business owners, and we're all here to help you out in whatever way we can. So um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs trying to start out, hesitate to ask for help or hesitate to reach out thinking like, oh, I'm supposed to know this or, oh, I'm supposed to figure this out all on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I don't think that that's necessarily the easiest or most effective way to move Mm -hmm. forward and We all, at least as far as I've found, are really willing to help each other. That's how I met you, is that I had this vulnerable moment in a call and you said, hey, reach out to me. And we became friends after that. So I appreciate you and what you stand for and what you're helping people do. And that would be my last
0: thought. Well, thank you so much. Yes, I love that spirit of collaboration. Um, And I've talked before about how like, that is the defining factor that has changed This kind of my second foray into entrepreneurship, Um, because the first time I was definitely in that mindset of like, oh, if I don't, you know, if I don't know this all on my own, if I don't figure it out by myself then I'm not doing it right and like I can't ask for help or I'll be weak and like all of the nonsense things that we say to ourselves. And so, yes, I love that message of community. Um, And so, yes, everyone, Lana has great uh, tips on the website and the bird by bird community, um, you know, spreading its wings to the world. So be sure to check out that everything that Lana um, is offering and thank you so much everyone for tuning in. If you are catching this on YouTube or Spotify or Google or Apple or wherever you're joining us from, um, be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a review or a comment. Um, I always love hearing uh, takeaways from the episode and what you thought. So be sure to leave that and we will catch you next time.